Hey everyone, this is Leela Sinha. Welcome to Power Pivot, the podcast version two. This is where we talk about business, leadership, ethics, community, and the way it all fits together. I'm glad you're here. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. When I was in college, I read Entezake Shange's For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough. And it transformed the way I thought about theater, the way I thought about public writing. It felt more like my writing, not that my writing is as good as hers, but it felt more like my writing than almost anything I'd ever read in academia. And it felt for the first time like maybe I could have a place in literature, in writing, in poetry, in the creative lexicon of the world. And then I shoved that feeling as far down as it could go because I was at a high-powered liberal arts college and everybody knows that poets don't make money. But somewhere in there is a segment, a piece, a piece of the piece called Sorry. (laughs) A stanza called Sorry. And it's about how you can keep your sorry. Because she can't use them anymore. She's got too many of them. They're everywhere, and they're meaningless. You should really go find that segment of that show. It's gorgeous. And I've been thinking about sorry and shrugs and thoughts and prayers and the helplessness that so many of us are feeling right now. And the way that we want to be present with each other, at least. And so we do this thing where we like heart react or care react or offer a virtual hug or and and I'm not saying that presence is is not supportive because many people, religious, academic, psychological people have studied that and being witnessed, having someone be present with you, all of these things, these are elements of pastoral care, they're elements of psychological care, there's clearly benefit to being held in community or in another human being's presence when you're going through something hard. It's, It's not nothing. And yet, sometimes it really isn't enough. And sometimes it drives the spike of isolation even deeper, the spike of hopelessness even deeper. Because because what are you going to do with sorry? What are you going to do with I see you or I hear you or I feel you or even that's valid. Like, thank you for acknowledging my expression of distress and also what do I do with that? That's not going to pay my rent. And sometimes that's all people want. You know, there's this whole joke about how men are fixers and women are like presencers. And the number of of unnecessarily gendered nonsenses in that stereotype is mind-blowing. And I can't get into it here or I'll get mad and I'll talk for three hours and nobody wants to be here for three hours. But what we do know 
is that some people do jump straight to fixing. Some of us are more solvers and some of us are more accompaniers. And yet, in certain moments, in certain places in life and time and history, the the solvers run out of solutions. Like we don't we don't know the answers. We don't know right this minute what we can actually do, what will actually affect useful change, or we know what would if we could get enough people to do it, but we haven't been able to get enough people to do it. And so even if we know that a certain number of legal changes or uh, administrative changes or regulatory changes would halt climate change, we can't seem to get the right people together to do it. Even if we know what would keep the legal system of the United States from making a mockery of itself, we can't quite figure out how to do it. And as a result, our faith in ourselves and each other and the system we're in starts to fall apart. And so even fewer people than usual are willing to offer solutions, partial solutions, support of that kind, um, because the problems feel insurmountable and insoluble. And instead, there's this pulling back and this, I'm sorry, I hear you, and then silence. And you know what? That's a, that doesn't work. Like we we can't we can't just pile up saris around somebody and expect it to do something. We we've got to we've got to come up with a better answer than that. And I don't mean you know substitute hugs for saris. I I mean we need to actually come up with something to do something of ourselves that we can offer. And when we're depleted, that seems impossible. It seems impossible. And for some people, prayer is doing a thing. And for others of us, we have an experience of the universe that prayer is less intercedent than most people would like. Um, and if you don't believe in that kind of intercedent sacred experience, then you're unlikely to be able to feel it as support by itself. And so that's not really helpful. But but more to the point, when somebody is asking, when somebody's asking for help by describing a problem, it it can be useful to ask them if they would like a listening ear, or if they would like solutions, or if they would like somebody to get in the blanket fort with them and shut up. Um, there's a great dinosaur, I think it's a dinosaur cartoon. No, it's not a dinosaur cartoon, it's a different cartoon. Um, there's a, a great cartoon that goes around periodically of, you know, well, are you feeling sad? Yes, well, you know, would you like to rar about it or would you like to, um, or would what, what would you like to do about it? And the person like runs off a string of, I'd like to do this and then this and then this and then they, the other person says, okay, and starts doing those things with them. It's good to ask. It's good to know what the other person wants. I'm not saying offer advice where it's not wanted. But I am saying when someone says to you, I need help, says to you, I need ideas, says to you, I need something, right? I need something specific. I need food. I need rent money. We all have power. I know I keep saying that on this show, but it's true. We all have power. We all have resources we haven't thought about how to tap. And in the in the 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 idea that you're supposed to, you know, provide support to the person who's hurting the most and then if that distresses you, go get support somewhere else, 
you can tap your network for ideas for how to help the person in the middle of the circle who's having the problem. You can say, gosh, this person needs rent money. How do we get them rent money? This person needs a wheelchair. How do we get them a wheelchair? In my world, so often the problems are that concrete. It's 500 bucks between this person and mobility. It's 5,000 bucks between this person and mobility. Let's get them what they need. I don't have 5,000 bucks, but I have a lot of friends and they have friends, and maybe everybody will pass it around. And if we get a 1,000 people to throw five bucks in the hat, guess what? We've gotten this person their mobility. And yes, we shouldn't have to do that. Yes, we should have better public health services, everything, everything. But okay, but here we are, right? And this person needs mobility now. And so how are we going to get them mobility now? And other times, the questions are harder. Other times the questions are more complex. Other times the costs are harder or they're ongoing, which is harder to fundraise for because people like to give to something they feel like they can complete or win much more than they like to feel like they're giving to an infinite bucket of need. But the problem is humans are kind of infinite buckets of need. We all are. We're just variously blessed by what we have access to and how we can solve the problem. We need to stop piling up sorries at the feet of people who are having problems that are concrete and solvable. And instead, we need to provide whatever we can provide. Sometimes what we can provide is in our heads. Sometimes what we can provide is in our houses or in our yards. Sometimes what we can provide is a refrigerator for someone who's about to become houseless but needs their insulin stored properly. I almost did that for someone once. That person died some years later, possibly because of a power outage and a lack of refrigeration. And I just wasn't in touch with them at that time. And I didn't know they needed it, and I don't know if they asked for it again. Sometimes it's very concrete needs. Sometimes it's complicated needs. Sometimes the thing that is needed more than anything else is the ability to look at the situation from outside of it. Or the ability to say, listen, it's okay to spend this money on this. Or if you need to spend this money on this, let's talk about how you're going to find it. Let's talk about how we're going to find it. You're not alone. You don't have to raise the money alone. You don't have to find the accommodations alone. You don't have to solve the problem alone. We'll work on it together. We've got you. It's not you and it's not just you and your nuclear family. It's everybody that all of us can muster. And together we're going to solve this problem for you. Do I wish that together we, as the United States, would solve problems? Yes, yes, I do. I wish we had universal basic income. I wish we had universal health care. I wish we had bodily autonomy for people with uteruses. But we don't. Right now, we don't. And that doesn't mean that people in those situations should have to solve those problems alone. It means that we stop throwing a sari at the foot of the statue and walking away. And instead, instead we find something to do. We find something to do. We ask them what they need. If they don't know, we help them brainstorm through it. We help them figure it out. Because when the people you ask for help 
act helpless, you start to believe that there's no way out. This has been Power Pivot, the podcast. I'm your host, Leela Sinha. Thank you for listening. I offer gratitude for the earth and sky and the support and care of many who cross my path. Our post-production assistance is provided by William Jameson, and you can find him at jamesonav.net. You can find more of me and my work, including leadership consulting and keynotes, at intensiveinstitute.com.